0: Hey, audio listeners and fans of The Last American Pubcast, this is PJ Williams. I have just launched a new podcast with another one of our panelists, Abby Libby, called Conspiracy Pilled, and I'm very excited, so I thought I would place it here for you guys to check out. If you like uh, what we do on The Last American Pubcast, maybe you'll like to hear some more conspiracy-related topics. So this is the first episode for you guys. Please enjoy it, and if you like it, go follow Conspiracy Pilled anywhere you listen to podcasts.
1: very first episode of Conspiracy Filled, the mostly hinged and mostly put together Conspiracy Podcast. I'm Abby Libby. I'm here with my co-host PJ. What's up, PJ? Hey,
0: how's it going? i um, very excited to be here. Uh, this show, for anybody listening or watching later, is streamed live every Wednesday night at 7.03 p.m eastern standard time and at the end of each show we're going to be opening it up <clears throat> to uh, the live viewers to chat with us and hear some bonus conspiracy contents so you know i don't want to miss that uh but it's only if you guys join us over at rumble where free speech is still allowed. abby how are you doing today
1: i'm, I'm good uh, i heard you have some conspiracy theory you wanted to
0: yeah, I'm glad you, know. you can ask me now that your mic is unmuted. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, we were debating. Um, we, we've been planning the show out for a minute, and we were debating on what conspiracy theory would be the great first one. And I think we changed it like nine or ten times. But I I, I thought that uh, MKUltra, which we'll be talking about tonight, would be the perfect first conspiracy as far as being able to have something that people can go back and reference and... Uh, kind of keep a log of everything that's going on in the conspiracy world and what's happened in the past and what's going on now, because there's just so much here. There's so many times throughout this episode that I'm going to be telling you guys, Hey, this is another episode in the future. This is something that we want to delve into deeper. So this is going to be a larger overview of the CIA's mind control program called MK ultra, uh, and, uh, some teasing out of a bunch of other stuff. So if we don't get into one specific topic too much, don't worry because we're, we'll probably be covering it in the future so
1: we will uh circle back
0: we'll circle back we'll pull a Saki for you guys just for you guys just for you. yeah so uh if you're ready yeah, uh into it. let's get into it so for this one i thought uh i thought it'd be fun to pull a tarantino and kind of jump around in time a little bit because there's so much here so we're gonna start in 1974 of all places where Seymour Hersh of the New York Times published a story about how the CIA conducted non-consensual drug experiments and illegal spying, uh, um, illegal spying operations on us citizens. And it actually also happened on non-us citizens, which we'll get into later. There were some black sites all over the world with this. Um, but then in 1975, in the wake of the Watergate scandal and amid growing distrust with the United States government, president Ford created a commission to look into the CIA and its abuses this was led by Vice President Nelson Rockefeller. The commission is it Rockefeller? I, I always feel like people say Rockefeller, but it's spelled Rockefeller, and I feel weird saying it.
1: Rockefeller.
0: <laughs> Rockefeller. Uh, Vice President Nelson Rockefeller, the commission on CIA activities uh, within the United States became known as the Rockefeller Commission. And this in turn uh, led to a larger senatorial investigation into the abuses of our government, known as the Church Commission. Uh, This is the United States Select Committee in 1975 that investigated abuses by the CIA, the NSA, the FBI, and the IRS. My only question with this is, can we get a Church Committee 2.0 going on?
1: So the IRS has been involved with the other three letters doing this shady stuff for this long.
0: Yeah, for quite a long time. That's uh, one of my favorite things. You know, I mean, obviously, the FBI has been in the news a lot lately. The IRS has been in the news a lot lately. And, uh, you know, when people say they just recently turned corrupt, we'll, we'll, we'll show you otherwise. We'll show you guys otherwise. Because uh, some of the stuff they found in this church committee. Well, well, first of all, this was chaired by Idaho Senator Frank Church, a uh, Democrat from Idaho. So that's where it gets its name. Um, but in this committee, the most shocking revelations were CoIntel Pro. So uh, I feel like I should almost have like a ding sound so I can ding that it would be too much for this episode. I'll ding it every time. Yeah, be our our ding sound every time that uh, we bring up a a conspiracy theory that we're going to delve into in the future. Um, Operation Mockingbird, Operation Shamrock, and of course, (laughs) Operation (laughs) MKUltra. (laughs)
1: It's gonna get annoying if I
0: keep ding. That's why. That's why I didn't like. I literally was going to add a ding sound to my board, and I was like, "That's gonna drive people nuts." Because I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, this one, and this one, and this one." So (laughs) yeah. So those four right there. I know. I I don't know if people are familiar with CoIntel Pro, but that's an FBI one um, that I would love to talk about. It's been talked about a lot recently. (laughs) So, um, are you familiar with any of these? By the way, CoIntel Pro, Mockingbird, Shamrock, MK Ultra.
1: MK Ultra, yes. And everything else, you start to lose me. I've heard the names before, but I don't know kind of where to put them in my brain or situate them.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the beauty of doing this show. We'll get into all of them and we'll we'll learn about them as as time goes by. So uh, but I also want to I want to do this thing again. I'm going to do the the Tarantino thing. Now I'm going to jump back in time. It's going to be great. It's going to be Pulp Fiction, the podcast. Whose great idea was this? There's not too much time travel, just in the beginning. So we're gonna go back to understand parts of MKUltra. You do have to go back to November sixteenth of nineteen thirty-eight. And this is when Albert Hoffman, a Swiss scientist, first synthesized LSD or lysergic acid diethalamide. I think I said that right.
1: It sounds right.
0: sounds right. You know, I should just say it more confidently next time and then it's like, no, that's, that is how it's said. Um, so he, he did this by studying the medicinal plant squill and the fungus ergot as part of a program to purify and synthesize active constituents for use a, uh, as pharmaceuticals. The main intention of synthesizing LSD was actually to create a respiratory and circulatory stimulant or an anaphylactic.
1: Um <laughs> now so an actual medication
0: that's well yeah so that the original the original uh looking into LSD was for medication but now i'm just thinking like could you imagine if they made an inhaler full of acid <laughs> oh my god that that might you know what there's a lot of there's a lot of mk ultra documents that are destroyed so maybe somewhere in there there was a uh <laughs> an LSD Yikes. inhaler yeah but um anyway so this project was set aside for 5 years I don't fully understand this like he makes LSD and then they set it aside for five years without I I guess without testing it so like I'm not a scientist but I'm wondering why all these weird psychotropics they'd be like yeah this would this would help with breathing and then not test it at all. Um, But uh, in April on April 16th of 1943 Hoffman decided to take a second look at it while resynthesizing LSD. He accidentally absorbed a small amount of the drug and discovered its powerful effects. And uh, what I'm going to read is an actual description from from Dr. Hoffman. So he says, affected by a remarkable restlessness combined with a slight dizziness at home, I lay down and sank into a not unpleasant intoxicated like condition characterized by extremely stimulated imagination in a dreamlike state with eyes closed. I found the daylight to be unpleasantly glaring. I perceived an uninterrupted stream of fantastic pictures, extraordinary shapes with intense kaleidoscopic play of colors. After about two hours, this condition faded away. So the first guy to ever try to ever drop acid <laughs> was the scientist who invented it. So,
1: Sounds like a pretty mouth. He must not have gotten very much in his system.
0: Like, I've never taken acid, but it's weird. And we'll get into some of that, you know, as this goes on, because there's some people that have very violent, awful reactions. and there's other people are like... Uh, if you're in the right area, it's kind of just like you see a kaleidoscope and you're just like spaced out for 10 hours. So it, huh. it's weird. Like an LSD, by the way, like I've met people who have dropped LSD a long time ago and then just randomly had flashbacks to it. Um, it, it stays in your system forever. So you can have, you can have a trip, you know, 10, 20, 30 years after dropping LSD. So there's a, there's
1: it never <laughs> leaves. I Can guess you wake it, like, up with a code word like Bucky? Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> I guess. No, like there was a guy in my hometown. We used to call him Buttcrack Bob. And that was the story is that he was, he dropped LSD so much back in the day that he was just like completely brain dead. And he would just walk up and down the street all day with his pants sagging. You could see his butt crack. And I
1: oh, saw him no. every day on the
0: way home from school. So uh, <clears throat> don't do drugs, kids. Cool
1: story. Kids. Never yeah. tell that again.
0: Great story. Don't ever say that again. So yeah. So anyway, put that nugget info aside for a minute as we're going to shift to the CIA. We're going to come back to 1953. Uh, So in response to allegations that the Soviets, Chinese and North Koreans were using mind control techniques on US prisoners of war, the CIA aimed to, to develop its own mind controlling drugs to use against the Soviet bloc. Basically, hey, they did it first. You know, so it's like they're 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 mind controlling people, maybe. So we're going to do it, too. But uh, got to gotta love it. Right. Um, M- So uh, they say the MK Ultra officially began April 13th of 1953 under the order of CIA director Alan Dulles. That's a that's another one of those names that um to keep in the back of your mind, because there's so much like in researching MK Ultra. I ended up listening to uh, like a two hour documentary just on Alan Dulles and He's he's involved in all kinds of stuff.
1: Is he what Dulles International Airport is named after?
0: So that was that was my question as well. And uh, somebody asked that on the I don't remember if it was a podcast or documentary, but it, apparently no, it's not named after him. So um, disappointment. yeah, big disappointment. But he's linked <laughs> to a lot of people. There's a lot of connections is, you know, anyway, I don't want to get into it because there's a lot about Alan Dulles, but something for future uh, reference. Ding. Ding. Um. <laughs> So uh, so by the also Alan Dulles's brother was John Foster Dulles who was tapped for Secretary of State at the time so while he was running the CIA his brother was running the Secretary of State at the exact same time they started MK Ultra so yeah
1: okay
0: <laughs> yeah um, basically I just gave him further diplomatic cover so like he was able to get away with a lot more and we'll see a lot of they got away with everything so um, by the way Just just going into we're going to we're going to be documenting a lot of crimes, abuses on scale with Nazi Germany. That's not an exaggeration. And not one single person that we're going to bring up in this entire episode was ever arrested for any of this. So just keep that in mind. Not
1: even a fall guy
0: no nobody like they basically there was times with the the government like in the even in the 90s was apologizing to people for like uh secretly dosing them with lsd and destroying their lives and they're just like sorry dude and that was it they just like gave them an apology like they 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 have given official governmental apologies to people whose lives they've destroyed and no money that's about civil suits uh maybe some money there might have been some money, but no one was fired. So the, the people who committed these crimes were they're just like, eh, um, we'll get into some of those. Sidney, Sydney Gottlieb is uh, the one we're going to talk about next. He was the uh, he, he headed the project. So basically, Sidney Gottlieb was put in charge by Alan Dulles to head all of this. He was brought into the CIA in, I think, 1951 when Project Bluebird was was going on. We'll get into that in a minute. But uh, he's been coined by one of his bi- uh, biographers as the Poisoner in Chief. So we'll get into that in a minute. But I want to talk about why it was named MK Ultra, because I think everybody just assumes they draw this stuff from a hat. And I think some of it they do. Like, I've literally read some descriptions of the the other projects within MK Ultra that they said that the CIA guys would like write names, put them in a hat and draw. But MK Ultra actually had a an intentional name. Uh, MK indicating that it was sponsored by the technical services staff or the TSS and then Ultra, which was the um, secret classification, like the highest level of secret classification uh, during and post World War II. So that's where it comes from. And I also want to talk really quickly before uh, about where this information comes from, because what's so great about MK Ultra is that. It's not even really a like. It is a conspiracy in the in the sense that a bunch of people conspired to do awful and terrible things, but it's also true. Like that's the thing. All this is true. We get a lot of this information uh, because in 1973, well, 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 I'll get into that. But in 1973, at the direction of Sidney Gottlieb, when the project was ended for the second time, supposedly, um, yeah, yeah, we'll get it. Well, that's that's something we'll get into. But uh, all the boxes of information were supposedly destroyed and, and burned. But there was around 20,000 documents discovered and released in a 1977 FOIA request when they were rediscovered because they'd been misfiled with other CIA financial records. So somebody basically just filed them in, in with uh, CIA's overall finances and uh, 20,000. And wh- that makes me wonder, like, if 20,000 documents were discovered, misfiled, how many, were, how many boxes did they burn?
1: Did they burn any boxes or did they just misfile all of them?
0: No, apparently like according to CIA personnel, they had a whole day of just like finding everything they could on, on uh, the project MK ultra and just burning box and box boxes and boxes of information. So um, and on top of that, like a lot of the people who were involved said that they purposefully did not keep records on a lot of stuff because they didn't want to be caught in what they were doing. So If they're not like I I know I know bureaucratic governments like there's a ton of paperwork if you've ever done anything with the government, you're like, wow, why do I need 76 forms to (laughs) for this one simple task? But yeah, so like I think that uh, I think that there's there's definitely huge parts of MK ultra will never know. But just within those 20,000 documents and some that have come out later, there was another FOIA request in 2001 and one in 2018. So there's a treasure trove of information. Uh, around MK Ultra, so this is this is uh, not uh, you know tinfoil hat stuff it, it's, it's stuff that would sound like tinfoil hat stuff but it happened so
1: let's take it just a quick moment for anyone who doesn't know what does FOIA mean?
0: So FOIA is the Freedom of Information uh, Act so basically and citizen well do you want to explain it you probably know it better than I do
1: f- from what I know you can you can request you know it's You can request information from the government, but you kind of have to know what you're asking for, which can make it difficult. Like you have the right to have it, but you have to know what to ask for, which can, (laughs) I think is how they hide a lot of things because nobody even knows what to submit the request for.
0: Right. Yeah. You have to, you have to kind of know what you're asking for and you also have, it has to be something that they can declassify. So a lot of these were declassified. Um, Specifically in 1977, it was because of things like the church commission. It was because of the papers coming out from the New York times that were exposing what they were finding out then about MK ultra. So, you know, I mean, like I said, it's basically Watergate happens, the assassination of JFK. There's a lot of distrust in the government and people start Mm -hmm. looking into the CIA, the, the FBI and things like that. And what they found was, was shocking. And not just MKUltra, but that one is where we're starting. So um, okay. one, of these, one of these documents uh, that I want to start with is from 1955. So this came from the 1977 FOIA request. And this is just an indication of the size and range of, of the project. And there's tons more. We don't even have time to get into it. Like they did weird experiments with like electroshock and animals and eels and like they were trying to find like there's one paper that um and I couldn't find it this time, but basically they were trying to use like electric electric eels to like stimulate people's brains to control them in some like Frankenstein esque way. But uh, <laughs> yeah it gets weird. They did a lot of weird stuff. So again, we're just doing a, a mostly an overview of, of the whole project. So we'll get into all the weird stuff. But this one document has what is it? 16 17 of the things that they were trying to do with MKUltra. And this was early on. This was 1955. It's only two years in. And the project morphed in a lot of ways and had a lot of sub-projects. But I'll just read this. So it says, one, they want uh, substances which will promote illogical thinking and impulsiveness to the point where the recipient would be discredited in public. Two, substances which increase the efficiency of mentation and perception. Uh, Three, materials which prevent or counteract the intoxicating effect of alcohol. Four materials which would promote the intoxicating effect of alcohol, <laughs> so you got a cheap date there. I think is what they are going for. Um, five materials which will produce the signs and symptoms of recognized diseases in a reversible way, so they can be used for malingering, etc. So, do you do you under do you know what malingering is?
1: Is that when you? pretend to have a mental illness when you don't
0: or or just an illness at all i think it's so it says to exaggerate or feign an illness in order to escape duty or work so i i don't know like Uh. i'm trying to think of are they trying to be like yeah we've got spies that need to like convince their like if they're worried about being caught maybe they're trying to convince their uh the government that they're spying on they're sick and they can like sneak away. i don't know i don't i don't really know (laughs) but uh that was something they were looking into so uh, six, they also have materials which will render the induction of hypnosis easier or otherwise enhance its usefulness. Uh, seven is substances which will enhance the ability of individuals to withstand privation, torture, and coercion during interrogation and, so, and so-called brainwashing. So mm. that, that one's crazy to me because to th- you have to think about this. They were literally torturing People in order to test these out, and that's something that Gottlieb did. Is he would give them these these cocktails of different drugs, mescaline and LSD, and all kinds of stuff, and then they would just torture the living crap out of people and be like, "Did they get like Did did it work? Did it make them less susceptible to torture?" Like, there's so much torture that happens within this program, and this was to U.S. citizens a lot, and they also did it in, um, I think Germany, the Philippines, and different parts of europe and japan i think so they they did set up black sites where they would capture like enemy agents or even a lot of what you a lot of what they did is they would just take like druggies and prostitutes off the streets so like serial killer stuff like go after people that nobody's going to look for and experiment on them um and it's more than that again there's college students and stuff like that we'll talk about but that uh whenever they talk about torture in this you have to realize they actually tested out the torture on on people so um uh, eight says materials and physical methods, which would produce amnesia for events preceding and during their use. Is that okay? Like legitimately though, is that a thing? Isn't that a thing that we have now? Isn't there a shot that they give people like before and after a surgery that they forget the in-between time? Or is that just a sci-fi thing? Cause I thought my dad I, had that for a surgery that he had. But I like they ha- think
1: that it exists. I think it exists.
0: It might. So, uh, <laughs> Sorry. I just noticed the chat. A- Aesop says, are we ever going to cover operation Northwoods tune in next week? We'll be talking about Northwoods a little bit. Yeah. So, um, uh, let's We're see. Two We're, weeks from now. Two weeks, two weeks from now.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll. Yeah.
0: at some point we'll talk about operation Northwoods. Yes. Um, ding, ding. Yes. That's not quite related <laughs> to this one, but it is, it is one I want to talk about. So, uh, physical methods of producing shock and confusion over extended periods of time and capable of super, uh, S- surreptitious use. Sorry, I don't know why I was like okay. I kept reading it thing, thinking it's superstitious. I'm like superstitious use. What is that? Um uh let's see. So that was number 9. Number 10 says substances which produce physical disablement such as p- paralysis of the legs, acute anemia, etc. 11 are substances which produce pure euphoria with no sub- uh, subsequent letdown. 12 is substances which alter personality structure in a way the tendency of the recipient to become dependent upon another person is enhanced. Hmm. Yeah, there's more about that later on Uh, a material which will cause mental confusion such as a type the individual under its influence will find it difficult to maintain a fabrication under questioning. So basically make someone so confused that they couldn't possibly answer questioning Um, because a lot of this was like there are parts of it and there's a lot of different parts. There's like uh, parts that have to deal with assassination parts have to deal with interrogating others parts have to deal with stopping our guys from being interrogated. So um Yeah, so that one sounds like uh, one to give to our guys so they wouldn't be able to be interrogated. Um, So 14 substances which lower the uh, ambition and general working efficiency of men when administered in undetectable amounts. Uh, Then they just found out that porn works really well.
1: (laughs) So true. (laughs)
0: Uh, 15 substances which promote weakness and distortion of the eyesight or hearing faculties, preferably without permanent effects. Uh, 16 they wanted to work on a knockout pill which can be uh, surreptitiously administered in drinks food cigarettes as an aerosol etc which will be safe to use provide a maximum amount of amnesia and be suitable for use by any agent types on an ad hoc basis so a knockout spray Um, and then 17 a material which can be surreptitiously administered by the above uh, routes and which in very small amounts will make it impossible for a person to perform physical activity. So that's just that's just one document from early on in the program of what they wanted to look into.
1: This sounds like a group that was like so high on their spy tech development. And they're like, it's almost like they're so disconnected from reality that there's just a cool story playing in their brain. And they forget that real humans are involved because some of this is just kind of like, this would be cool in a movie, but in real life suddenly creepy
0: it's funny because you're not actually wrong there was a there was a story i heard about um so sydney gottlieb didn't just do he was known as a poisoner in chief part partially because he literally came up with uh ways to poison fidel castro with a cigar and things like that like he, he worked on a lot of poisons he worked on poison gases that were secretly used in korea and things like that so this guy mm-hmm. bes- besides all the torture and poisoning he did with lsd and in the mk ultra program he did all these other types of like poison experiments but one of the things that I found interesting there's a story where they said at this time in the in the early 60s or late 50s I guess there was all these TV shows like Get Smart and Mission Impossible and all these spy shows and the CIA agents would watch it at home with their families and then call up people like Sidney Gottlieb and be like dude I just saw this thing on Mission Impossible can you make this like can you make this happen
1: yeah I'm not picturing like an evil like Bond villain I'm picturing like a kid in in his mother's basement thinking, oh, this would be sick.
0: Some of it. Yeah, some of it. It gets into the evil Bond villain stuff. So, <laughs> uh, so, we, we, so um, we said that 1953 was the origin of MK Ultra, but it wasn't really. It might not be the real origin. So there's some contention on the actual origin, not to mention the official end date. Uh, but whether uh, it ever really ended at all. Um, according to author Stephen uh, Kynzer, who is the guy who wrote uh, Poisoner in Chief, which is like a deep dive on Mm -hmm. Sidney Gottlieb. uh, The CIA project was a continuation of the work begun in World War II era Japanese facilities and Nazi concentration camps on subduing and controlling human minds. Uh, Kynzer wrote that uh, MK Ultra's use of mescaline on unwilling uh, subjects was a practice that Nazi doctors had begun in the Dachau concentration camps. He also cited a CIA operation paperclip that's a that's another ding moment uh, <laughs> uh, CIA. Well, I just lost my I lost my place. In my notes
1: Operation Paperclip,
0: which was uh, yeah Operation Paperclip, which uh, brought Nazi scientists to America after World War II, and is how uh, this is not just in spirit, but quite literally a continuation of that work. So again, just a, a brief overview of Operation Paperclip, which we'll talk about in the future after World War two uh, Russians started recruiting Nazi scientists. So of course the Americans went we have to do that too. And then we just ended up putting them in charge of NASA and colleges and the CIA and other things. So literal like war criminals from the Nazi <laughs> from Nazi Germany uh, ended up being high ups in the US government in the 1950s. So that's not a joke. So
1: but I'm sure it didn't poison our values <laughs> at
0: all. I'm sure it didn't poison our values or create awful, terrible projects like MKUltra. Um, but yeah, no. So like there's a lot of contention that some of this science that they got literally came from Nazi uh, victims. And what, what, the, what the Americans did wasn't any better. Um, but uh, beyond, beyond just the, the, the Project Paperclip stuff, this was preceded by two projects. Project Bluebird and Project Artichoke. So Bluebird was started by. Yeah, did you love the names or what Brand. <laughs> <laughs> I think these are the ones I was talking about. They just drew them out of a hat, you know, Bluebird. Um, so this the Bluebird was started by Roscoe. Again, I love I love it that every time I do a podcast, somebody's got a name that I can't pronounce Hillen <laughs> Hillen Cotter. I think Roscoe Helen Helen Cotter, director of the CIA in April 1950, it focused on hypnosis and behavioral modification as a means of preventing agency employees from providing intelligence to adversaries. They also tested drugs at overseas black sites to quote break ego control and elicit information. So, stop our guys from being tortured and also torture their guys really really well. Or stop our guys from giving up information under torture and get them to give up information under torture. Um, But
1: overall, it's about mind control. Is that fair to say?
0: It is. It is. We'll get into that more. There's, I think, I think in the beginnings, a lot of it was about uh, interrogation, but it does get into the mind control stuff. It's got a lot of different arms, uh, a lot of different things they try to do. So the next one is artichoke, which is what Bluebird morphed into. This officially started in August 20th of 1951. This was underway when Sidney Gottlieb got to the uh, CIA. And it was operated by the uh, the Office of Scientific Intelligence. So the primary goal of this was to determine whether a person could be involuntarily made to perform an assassination. Uh, that escalated quickly. So they literally went from like, let's stop our guys from getting tortured. And you know what? What if we could mind control an assassin?
1: This sounds like the Bourne movies.
0: It, well, the Bourne movies do... Uh, yeah, it is a reference to MK Ultra. So, some other stuff if you guys are curious, I think um we're both Marvel fans, so I wanted to bring this one up. Yes. But uh <laughs> the opera the Winter Soldier, Captain America and the Winter yeah. Soldier is literally about two things. It's about Operation MK Ultra and it's about Operation Paperclip. So, um if you guys want a good like fictional action movie that uh actually does a decent job of explaining both of those, uh Winter Soldier does a good job with that. So, um Yeah. So the project also studied hypnosis, forced morphine addiction and and, and withdrawal and the use of other chemicals, including LSD, to promote to produce amnesia and other vulnerable states and subjects. All this was outlined in a memo dated uh, January of 1952 that asked, quote, can we get control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against fundamental laws of nature, such as self-preservation? So can we create, like, basically suicide bombers or something? You know, like, people who are willing to die to, to <laughs> commit assassination, even though they normally wouldn't. So this is this is the mind. It started off with mind control. I should I should say it didn't start off with just torture stuff, but it had a few different arms. So it's kind of... You have to understand, like, when you read that 17-page list, that was just a portion of it. Like, they had so many things mm-hmm. they were trying to do, basically using drugs and mind control to get a lot of different effects. So...
1: Do you think that it grew organic, organically or did Sidney Gottlieb and, and everybody else in charge kind of have the entirety in mind from the beginning?
0: I think, I think that it was a bit of both. I think that, you know, obviously there was real concerns about what the Soviets were doing, real concerns about what China was doing, the Koreans were doing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was... And who, we, we're not going to get into what they did. I'm sure that, they, you know, there was a lot of stuff they actually did do. But um, mm-hmm. I think like coming out of that uh, was part of it. And I think also Gottlieb is just a just a monster, just an absolute monster of a human being. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about him in a minute. I'll just finish up with this artichoke thing really quick. Um, uh, so under artichoke, Gottlieb conducted experiments using THC, cocaine, heroin, and mescaline before realizing that LSD had not been properly tested or investigated by the agency. He hatched he a new idea that uh, consumed artichoke and gave him authority over the CIA research into mind control, including the ability to test drugs on unwitting or unwitting and unwitting Americans, which was not uh, done under artichoke. So on, I think artichoke was mostly black sites like Bluebird and artichoke were testing it on our enemies. Whereas uh, MK Ultra was like, let's let's see what happens if we just give random people LSD without their knowledge, uh, which was a huge part of this. Um, Gottlieb and Richard Helms, the then chief of operations for director of plans, wrote a mem- memorandum to send to Dulles, who then formally approved Project MKUltra. So it wasn't just Dulles. Like Gottlieb was not just put in charge. He was like the guy who proposed the project in the first place.
1: Sorry, my computer gave a very loud sound.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> you leaned in so conspiratorially. I was like, "Oh, she's got something." Uh, yeah.
1: It's a it's a friend asking for my life link. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I'm going to mute. You keep going.
0: Okay. So, uh, people might be wondering about the use of LSD in MK Ultra. At the beginning of MK Ultra, one of the main focuses seemed to be getting Soviet spies to defect, as we talked about, as well as finding out if they had uh, techniques that could be used on our spies. But uh, we, this is where we return to Switzerland to the Sandoz Laboratories, which had a patent on LSD 25, the LSD that uh, that, that uh, scientists we were talking about earlier had, had accidentally ingested. Uh, a de- another declassified document from 1953 shows a proposal to purchase 10 kilograms of LSD. So 10 kilograms might not sound like a lot, but uh, if you know anything about LSD and how like tiny of a, of a strip of LSD you need uh, for one dose. 10 kilograms of LSD is, is approximately 100 million doses. They effectively bought the entire world's supply of acid uh, at the direction of Sidney, Sidney Gottlieb in the 1950s. So uh, now people like Gottlieb were set up to ex- to begin their experiments on brain warfare, which was the new term coined for brainwashing. So... Is it a liquid? I don't know a ton about LSD. I thought they made acid in strips. Am I wrong on that? I've never, I've never done acid, but I, th- I thought they made it in like little... I thought it was a liquid that they pressed into strips. Like, uh, you know those Listerine things you put on your tongue? Or is that just something I saw in a movie once?
1: As someone who has no ties whatsoever <laughs> to government agencies, I have no idea. I'm
0: basing my, my knowledge of LSD and acid <laughs> off of movies. So I've, I feel like in movies I've seen that, and then I've seen people like use the eyedropper. But anyway, I don't know. Hundred million doses, though. What do you think of that?
1: That's so many. So that's 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 not hundred million individual people. It's a hundred million doses. Okay, this doesn't make it a whole so lot. So
0: Aesop better. says it's a liquid that they put onto strips of paper. Okay, so I I knew I had seen it that way. That must be what they do. Okay, gotcha. See, this is this Did is why <laughs> this why we got the live chat. So no, they they put the the paper on their tongue of LSD. Oh, yeah. Anyway. That's, that's about all I know. So, um, so yeah, there was, uh, there's like we said, a real fear at the time from books and movies. So like we've got movies and books now that talk about, you know, MK ultra and stuff like that. But back then they had things like, uh, you ever seen the Manchurian candidate?
1: I haven't been very familiar with the name.
0: So the the original Manchurian candidate was the basic premise of the book is that a group of, uh, American POWs in the Korean war are brainwashed while crossing through Manchuria. Uh, they arrived back in the United States amnesic for a period of brainwashing, and then one of them has been programmed to be an assassin, and his target is the candidate for the President of the United States. So this was like later mm-hmm. redone um, post-MKUltra, obviously, with uh, Denzel Washington. And in the Denzel Washington version, it was United States soldiers that were experimented on by their own government, so that way they could kill the guy who had just won the presidency and allow the vice president, who was put there by a woman who looks at way too much like Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, it's actually a good movie. So, but yeah, there was like pop culture reference and stuff like that. So people were worried about the other side uh, committing brain warfare. That's kind of what I was talking about. It's like I think some of the fears were real, whether not not that anything they did was justified, but their fears of what Russia might have been trying to do might have been justified yeah
1: i can understand in light of the holocaust and in light of seeing you know both world wars and just the horror of all of it saying look the ends justify the means we have to do this type of stuff to be ahead of it because if we if we don't they're just going to do it and they're going to have technology we can't even imagine and i don't agree with that i don't agree that the ends justify the means but i can understand the mindset in that cultural climate
0: yeah, it's funny because I feel like the the answer that everybody always gives, and I'm not going to do this, is they go look at the Red Scare. Wasn't it awful? And then you know when we get into stuff dealing with the 1980s, they're like, look at the Satanic Panic. Wasn't it awful? And it's like, the more I study either one of those, the more I go, yeah, but like there was a legitimate reason to be afraid of what yeah. the Soviets were trying to do. Like the response to it could have been overblown and, and bad in some ways, but to say that there was no fear from communism uh, is just is just historically illiterate. And I, I feel the same way about the satanic panic. It's like, yeah, but there was literal cults like slaughtering people and doing terrible things under, you know, the guise of satanism or whatever. So like
1: Mm -hmm. you can
0: look at both and be like, there was a legitimate fear. It just doesn't mean that people who are afraid acted properly. I think, I think think that's the case in
1: so many areas. I mean, even things like feminism, you could argue it's, it's a gross overreaction, but it started with something that was true.
0: That's how. I mean, we talk. We talked about this before, but it's like a lot of what we see happening on on every side of the political aisle throughout history. Really, is people who are like, "This thing is bad," and now I'm going to grossly overreact to it. Um, (laughs) Then that's the case. So, I don't want to be one of those people. It's like, oh, the Red Scare was all stupid and everybody was wrong and it's like eh, we did have people literally infiltrate the United States government to steal the nuclear secrets and give to Russia. So they got a nuclear bomb because of Hollywood actors. That's not a conspiracy. That's just a h- historical fact. That so happened. that literally did happen. So when you say the red scare was overblown, it's like, well, we did have like card carrying communist members in the United States pledging to destroy the United States And then giving (laughs) nuclear secrets to Russia. So there was there was some legitimate fear. Let's be honest about that part, at least. Yeah.
1: So 100 million doses, you said
0: 100 million doses. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see how they use them. So the the CIA began to fund studies at Columbia University, Stanford University and other colleges on the effect of the drug that took place at more than 80 confirmed institutions. Confir- I say confirmed because we don't know. Uh, okay,
1: this is what they admitted to.
0: This is what that was found out. Yeah. So colleges, universities, hospitals, prisons, pharmaceutical companies uh, all had these fake fronts put up where they would give people LSD and tell them it was something else. So they could study the effects on what random did they tell test it was? subjects. I don't know. I don't know. In some cases, they did tell them it was LSD. And they were just like people were like, I don't know what the hell that is. And other times they lied to them and told them it was other things. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of stuff. So um in most of it, not all cases, subject had no clue what was actually going on. But sometimes even the universities supposedly did not have did not know the truth. So sometimes even what according to what the university said, and I'm not sure I believe all of them, uh, mm-hmm. they, they're like, we didn't know this was the CIA because the point of it was that they didn't want the CIA to be giving people drugs. They wanted to push it out and be like, yeah, no, we're just a, a college. that's studying this new anaphylactic so take this new anaphylactic and we'll, we'll give you a little bit of money. And we'll see how it works and totally dosing with LSD. Um, so in the letter of notification sent out to some universities in 1977. This is after the Church Commission after they're being exposed after the FOIA request uh, the CIA noted that in some cases uh, the ultra institutions were aware of their participation in the program and had been while the experiments were taking place. In one of these cases, the CIA gave Georgetown University $375,000 towards construction of a new medical wing, which the agency hoped to use for its experiments, uh, and they knew about it. So, like, that's the crazy part.
1: The, the university knew?
0: The university knew what they were giving, but they were bribed a $375,000 Uh, construction of a new medical wing so Georgetown
1: is not that far away from me I I have friends who went to Georgetown (laughs) what
0: well hopefully they didn't go in 1965 or 55
1: yeah but things don't change no
0: no as much as you think (laughs) they do Uh, so there was also prisoners who were coerced and given reduced sentence for participation in this program and uh, if you guys are following us on TikTok we've been putting a minute you know minute long conspiracy facts and things like that, that we want to do throughout the week. And one of them that I brought up was about Whitey Bulger. So do you know who Whitey Bulger is?
1: A criminal uh a like mob boss.
0: So yeah, he was a mob boss who yeah. turned out to be an FBI snitch. Um, oh. so Whitey Bulger has
1: I watched our TikTok I totally paid attention.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well there was that uh Johnny Depp movie about it too. Yeah. Oh yeah! Someone but in the chat I'm just watching. said, "I noticed what's on your hat." Her hat, for people listening, her hat says, "Birds aren't real."
1: <laughs> this flag. <clears throat> this flag.
0: Hold on. There we go. So,
1: yeah. There we hey. go. Wait. Yeah, I like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Whitey Bulger, obvious uh, famous FBI snitch mob boss, he had in a cache of more than seventy letters. Uh, that he wrote from prison. He described his unwitting participation in a secret CIA experiment with LSD. He says the agency dosed him with powerful hallucinogens more than 50 times while he was serving his first stretch in prison.
1: 50 times?
0: So one of the most notorious criminals in American history uh, was was part of the uh, MKUltra program. <laughs> Uh, there's other ones we'll get into. One that's even more notorious than Whitey Bulger. But I wanted to bring up a few famous test subjects, and you might be familiar with some of these. So, okay. first one is Ken Kesey or Keynes. I don't ever how to pronounce his name. Do you no, know that I is? Don't know who that is. No. Uh, he wrote Sounds the 1962 book "One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest."
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, it's actually a really good book. So, he volunteered for the MK Ultra LSD experiments during college, uh, and he took other drugs such as cocaine, mescaline. AMT DMT psilocybin because they weren't just doing LSD like a lot of it was LSD, but they tried everything. Uh, and then what's funny is he became a strong proponent of LSD later on, and he literally led acid parties uh, called acid tests. He'd like drive his van around. I can't remember. what he called, like the love bus or something, and he would like, ga- you know, pick up people like, hey, come, come in my van and try acid. Uh, <laughs> and he also combined LSD with musical performances, like uh, bands like the Grateful Dead. So he would take people, get them hooked on acid, take them to a Grateful Dead concert. And what's funny about the Grateful Dead, which I'm, I, I've never really listened to them that much, um, is that both Jerry Garcia and Robert Hunter were also MK Ultra test subjects at Stanford.
1: Do you have a comment from Jamie over on YouTube?
0: Uh, what a, I'm sorry, I'm. So for just just uh, to let people know who are listening, watching live, I'm not paying a ton of attention to the comments right now, but if you guys want to talk with us after the show, we're going to get into some more conspiracy stuff. Um, can somebody drop the I'll drop the rumble link in uh, chat. So some of the stuff that we're going to talk about in future episodes, YouTube will probably just kick us off for talking about. So please come over to rumble. Uh, follow us there and we'll we'll chat with you guys after the, the stream. But wh- which comment do you want me to read?
1: I, I can't see the comments, but I, I saw a message from Jamie over on my personal channel. She says she, had she a says
0: Jamie comment. Walton. Uh, did you know or sorry? I don't know why her name is in the beginning of the comment. Did you know the author of one flew the cuckoo's nest was Death's LSD and by MK Ultra. I just noticed your comment. That's funny. So <laughs> yes, I did know this Jamie. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so yeah, grateful dead Jerry Garcia, Robert Hunter. By the way, that is going to be an important part of a future episode that I want to talk about. But one of the most notorious uh, MK Ultra test subjects was Ted Kaczynski. Do you know who Ted Kaczynski is?
1: I have heard this.
0: Yeah, he's the Unabomber for people who don't know. He killed three people and injured 23 in a bombing in 1995. He was involved in an MK Ultra experiment at Harvard of all places at Harvard in 1959, headed by the psychologist Henry Murray. He had to submit an essay about his worldview and personal philosophy, and then he was attacked, uh, attached to electrodes while he was berated and attacked by the info gleaned from the essay. So they basically be like, what do you believe about life? What's everything that everything that you hold dear to you? What's your most deeply held convictions? And then after he told them, they would dose him with LSD, electrocute the shit out of him, and then tell him why he was wrong over and over and over. They said, I think over a course of three years, he had something like 200 hours of this type of torture LSD induced. And torture. they didn't think at it was Harvard. a bad
1: idea to take some of the people with the highest levels of intelligence and twist it to the dark side like that. Yeah. At Harvard.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it does make one beg the question, were they successful and were people like Ted Kaczynski being used, you know? doesn't at make least you wonder
1: at
0: their, at very least at fault. like some of the conspiracy is that people like Ted Kaczynski and other assassins there's actually a crazy amount of people who have committed mass murder and atrocity who are linked to MK ultra so there's two ways to look at it there's a one way in both cases the government's responsible either the government tortured this guy into being a psychopath and they're responsible mm-hmm. for the bombings and the other murders or they did or they were successful in creating assassins. So either way, either way, they're responsible. It's awful. But yeah, I think I think it's probably I think with people like Ted Kaczynski, it's probably more believable. I mean, it's definitely more believable. that He was just drove insane by being tortured on drugs for years at a college. Uh, So how did
1: they not think that that was going to go wrong?
0: If you thought your freshman hazing was bad. Yeah, I don't. I don't. That's the thing. It's like, who who does this and thinks? Oh yeah, this sounds like a good idea. But Sidney Gottlieb was such. When I say he's a monster, I didn't write this in my notes, but this is one thing I want to bring up. When I say he's a monster, this is a guy who took seven African American prison inmates and dosed them with LSD for seven months. I think like that every day with higher and higher uh, doses. And, and his and the purpose of that experiment was just to see if it would drive them, or if it would make them brain dead. He just wanted to see how long someone could withstand daily use of LSD before death before becoming a vegetable. so he literally took people on purpose trying to turn them into vegetables with drugs
1: what what possible <clears throat> application could that particular line of reasoning have in torture? like I get the ones that were i don't agree with them but directly related to torture directly related to our our just testing the limits
0: of lsd i guess but it's just it's inhuman it's just it's nazi shit like it's just that it's it's insane yeah
1: it's just like he just wanted to know
0: yeah so yeah it was just curiosity you're like you said there's a kid in a candy shop with no uh no morals and no oversight so this is what happens when you put Sid from Toy Story in charge of this CIA, right? right? Yeah. So what
1: was the administration <clears throat> at the time?
0: The admin? Well, so when it started, 1953 would have been. Um, give me a give me some help here. <laughs> Not Truman. Know, um, I'm so like I normally know and I know who I'm trying to think of Ike, but I can't think of his name.
1: Oh, Eisenhower
0: Eisenhower and then it went all the way up through Nixon's administration supposedly
1: interesting yeah.
0: so and supposedly maybe, yeah. ended there supposedly yeah
1: did they know did Ike know
0: supposedly not um, because this was so, uh, supp- supposedly so buried that it was basically just like Alan Dulles and the CIA knew but just didn't have any oversight I don't know I'm not saying I believe that none of the presidents knew but I, I also think that mm. I think that rationally it wouldn't make sense to you know it's like um plausible deniability. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't know. So you could make either case. There's no evidence that any of the presidents knew during these time. Uh, If there was, I'd I'd bring it up, but I just don't have any. So I'm not I'm not defending anybody or saying they didn't know. I'm just saying I don't have any evidence to that. But um, yeah, so the (laughs) they didn't. One of the one of the crazy things to me is that uh, they didn't just test this. Where we at on time. We got 10 minutes left. Oh, we'll 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 speed it up a little bit, or maybe we'll go a little long today. I'm sorry, I've got a lot of notes here. So, uh, the CIA uh, didn't just test this on college students and prisoners; they actually tested it on their own people at times, and it became known as a known and accepted workplace hazard at the CIA in the 1950s and 60s that you might be dosed with LSD in your coffee. So. Uh first among these was the leader of MK Ultra himself Sidney Gottlieb as in he just dosed himself over 200 times he was actually kind of like a real hippie he lived in like a, a shack without electricity out in West Virginia and would like get up and milk his goats before like that's the craziest part to me is you think of this monster it's like oh yeah this is a long haired hippie like <laughs> li- subsistence okay, farming you hippie mentioned <laughs> goats
1: <laughs> We have to ding for this one because there's a whole side piece about the men who stare at goats. The men who stare at goats. I don't about have a whole.
0: Yeah, I don't. I whole, don't get into any of that here. So in the future, yeah, we, we might want. I want to talk whole, about that
1: <laughs> whole program about like guys trying to stare goats to death.
0: Well, they were trying to make them have like psychic abilities. That's another thing I don't even have a, yeah. t- time to get into here. Um, another one was Frank Olson, which is another ding because that's a whole thing. There's a documentary on Netflix called Wormwood. Uh, that I'd like to to go over at some point, but he was an army biochemist who was given LSD without his knowledge and then committed suicide a week later during a psychotic episode Uh, and pretty much nobody, including myself, believes that he actually jumped from a window. Mm. There's very strong evidence that he was thrown out of a window, but either way again, even if he did jump, it was the CIA who killed him because they are the ones who slipped him LSD and made him go crazy. So Uh, whole nother thing there. Uh, LSD was also slipped into a US Marshal's drink without him knowing and he held up a bar at gunpoint after a bad trip and was fired and he only learned he was drugged in 1999. So he didn't know. He didn't know why he went crazy Um, and then one of the crazy stories is Sidney Gottlieb slipped LSD into the coffee of one agent who then tore his clothes off ran into the streets and thought there was monsters inside every car that he passed by Um I don't know about you, but I don't like it when people put LSD in my coffee and I don't it's a real bummer don't like
1: them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay.
0: Yeah, I don't like that either. So
1: <laughs> you just had to. I had just to. Had I had to. to.
0: Yeah, but uh, yeah, well, I got two more things I want to get to and then we'll go into some stuff for the bonus segment. So uh, are you a fan of Golden Girls at all? Not really. Okay, well, picture it. San Francisco, 1955. Uh, the CIA bu- the CIA buys a house and goes about renovating the place and starts installing installing bugs and a two way mirror. They then hire prostitutes to lure unsuspecting Johns back to knock boots, but instead get dosed with LSD slipped into their drinks. And on the other side of this mirror is a man named George White and his goons who would watch and take notes. This was called Operation Midnight Climax. <laughs> of all names of they didn't pull all that names one from a hat. Did they? No, they did not pull that from a hat uh, as payment. Well, to
1: the let p- <laughs> me name this one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do we name luring prostitutes into a CIA safe house operation? Midnight climax. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the, as payments, these prostitutes besides cash, uh, the voyeur and cha- the voyeur in chief of this national operation would offer to help these ladies of the night, get out of their trouble. Uh, if and when they were ever picked up by police. So basically like here's some cash, and if you ever get in trouble with the law, we got you Uh, originally safe houses were staged to observe the effects of LSD, but good old George saw something that he liked even better, which was the sex. Yeah, he began to ask questions like (laughs) he began to ask questions like how to train (laughs) prostitutes to work for the CIA and can they handle state secrets.
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: This guy, this Ah! guy, this guy, uh, he he studied, he studied when in the course of sexual, uh, when in the course of a sexual encounter, the subject was most likely to divulge secrets. Basically, he came up with the idea of pillow talk. He basically discovered pillow talk was a thing. Yeah. Um, Science. And before you get before anybody, and I'll just move on from this one really quickly, because that's that's about it with this one. But before you give this guy a pass, I just want to read you a quote from. Uh, this guy in one of the the leaked CIA documents. He said, I toiled wholeheartedly in the vineyards because it was fun, fun, fun. While later he said, where else could a red-blooded American boy lie, kill, cheat, steal, rape, and pillage with the sanction and blessing of the all highest? This was the mindset of the CIA in the 1950s. This was 1955? Yeah, 1955. This was the mindset of, of... leaders of the CIA in the 1950s,
1: but I'm sure it's completely cleaned up by now. I'm sure. I'm
0: sure sure that the agency that started off this terribly and has only ever been in the spotlight for other incredibly awful things that they've done is entirely trustworthy with, um, everything. Yeah.
1: Pure as a church in there. Yeah,
0: it absolutely is. So one of the last things I want to get to, and this is where we really get into the more conspiratorial side of this, because this one's not actually documented. It's this comes from whistleblower testimony, so you can believe it or or not. But this one and this is going to lead into other stuff that we were going to talk about after the show. And this is called Project Monarch. So many parts of MKUltra will forever go unreported and unknown due to the destruction of so many documents. But one whistleblower came forward and wrote a book about her experiences with the sub project of MKUltra titled Project Monarch. This was Kathy O'Brien, who tells her story of satanic sexual abuse at the hands of U.S. government in her 1995 uh, 1995 book, Transformation of America. Do you like the little pun there? Transformation? Yeah. Uh, She claims that as a child, she was first sexually abused by her father, as well as by a network of child pornographers. Supposedly, she was then forced by the CIA to participate in Project Monarch. Uh, under hypnosis, she was able to recall memories of sexual. So that's uh, sorry. I got to point that out. All of her testimony does come from later recalling this in hypnosis. Mm. So mm. You, you know, again, it's all take, all it or, in question. Yeah. take it or leave it. I don't know. But uh, there is again, this will be another future episode. Where we're getting to this more because there is some evidence of others that kind of back up her testimony in a way. So mm. um, uh, she said that she was able to recall uh, sexual abuse of herself and her daughter by International pedophile rings. That's a crazy conspiracy. That's never happened.
1: What? That would what?
0: That's never no, in our it. U.S. government involved in international pedophile rings. That's never happened. Uh, drug barons and Satanists who allegedly used a form of trauma-based mind control program to make her a sex slave. O'Brien claims that Project Monarch caused her to develop multiple personality disorder by, uh, but by uh, creating basically creating alternate personalities in this thing known as splitting. So to explain splitting really quick and this is a term i've heard used with other uh what i try to remember what like um what's the one that winona Ryder had in that movie
1: Uh, borderline personality
0: disorder so i've heard people with borderline use the term splitting
1: i know a a little bit about this let me let me take this one for a second so the the idea is you expose somebody to a trauma that is so incredible that they refuse it. And so they create a character in their head to cope with it. And that character becomes a separate person from them, but still living in the same brain. And you can split people multiple times. And then you have someone with, uh there's a movie, the three faces of Eve where she has, her her waking self and then two other personalities and then there's stories you know where people have significantly more i think it was originally called schizophrenia and now it's called multiple personality disorder
0: yeah and you can see how the the cia in this would would want something like splitting people into multiple personalities basically Mm -hmm. using things like cards and signals and whatever to get that other personality to come out yeah
1: because they don't remember what the other other person did plausible deniability within their own
0: brain yeah
1: Yes. And people also like have it. they have to write the, each, each other notes. They have to write themselves notes. So they remember what they did.
0: Right. And also they said that they were trying to create people who were able to commit an assassination without mm-hmm. uh, any preservation. So if you create that alternate personality in someone that can slip into somewhere and do what you want with the trigger. I mean, that is what the Manchurian candidate is mm-hmm. about. So you can see yeah. like as much as you might think Project Monarch sounds crazy and I'll get into some of the crazy stuff. You have to at least admit this was something they were trying to do. So I, I don't want to completely mm-hmm. discredit Monarch, and there's other reasons why I, I don't want to either. Um, in future episodes, excuse me, that we'll talk about. <laughs> so uh, basically, um, O'Brien claimed that this is one of the crazy claims. Then we'll move on. She said O'Brien claimed that George H.W. Bush and Miguel de la Madrid used holograms to appear to her in altered forms, saying that Bush apparently activated a hologram of a lizard-like alien which provided the illusion uh, Bush transforming into uh, like a chameleon in front of her eyes. In retrospect, this is her saying in retrospect, I understand that Bush had painstakingly had been painstakingly careful in positioning our seats in order. The holograms effectiveness might be maximized. So there is some pretty crazy stuff in this book as well.
1: Wait, so what you're saying (laughs) is Bush is a lizard person and she wasn't willing to accept that. So she explained it away with a hologram.
0: Exactly. But you know, under LSD, I could see that happening. I can see that happening under LSD. Yeah, it's just your brain can't handle it. So, but what for lizard people Ding for lizard people. So the reason that I don't want to entirely discredit this besides some other celebrity stuff, which we'll get into is psychic driving. This is a theory by Dr. Ewan Cameron, who was part of the MK Ultra project sub project 86 Cameron had been hoping to correct uh, sim- schizophrenia by erasing exi- existing memories and reprogramming the psyche. This is from his own words and papers. Uh, in addition to LSD, he experimented with various paralytic drugs such as uh, I don't know how you pronounce this one, Curare, and uh, electroconclusive therapy at 35 to 40 times the normal power. So basically, shock therapy jacked up 40 times higher than even they were doing it at other places, which was already barbaric and has been gotten rid of. So. Uh, it
1: has it been a f- uh, mother of a friend of I mine. I thought it had. had. Am had I, I it wrong? Done? It might have just... it. And I think most states ago. at
0: least have gotten rid of it. Maybe there's places okay. that they still do it, but I didn't, I didn't think they did. So yeah. I think overall the, the psych, uh, the psychiatric community has pretty much been like, yeah, let's not do that. Um, I don't know. Maybe they no got room. better
1: things to do anyway. They
0: got other ways to torture and uh, deform people. So uh, his psychic driving experiments consisted of putting a subject into a drug-induced coma for weeks at a time, up to three times a month in one case, while playing tape loops of noise or simple statements over and over and over. And actually, uh, we did find out what one of those things he was playing over and over was. Uh, so I'll just play it for you guys really quick.
1: So don't just know.
0: Do it. Make your dreams. Yeah, just imagine just you're lying there on LSD. No like sensory deprivation and just hearing that over and over again. Yeah. So So uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, I thought you were
1: going to play the Barney song because that's another thing they did.
0: Did they do the Barney song? Yeah. Oh, Wow. Uh yeah, says so these these uh, experiments were typically carried out of patients who had entered the institution for minor problems such as anxiety disorders, and then left with debilitating, uh, forever illnesses, mental illnesses, and physical ailments. So that's just another one of the awful doctors. So you've got people like Gottlieb, people like Cameron. We didn't even get into some of the others, uh, like people who were working at uh, Harvard and doing stuff like that. Again, there's going to be future episodes to deal with MK ultra. I wanted to give a, an overview and I'm sorry it wasn't brief and I, I didn't mean to talk over you so much. Abby I just had so much information okay. to get to, <laughs> but, uh, please. Yeah. So the one thing I want to end this with, uh, did MK ultra when and did MK ultra end. So according to some documents, in the spring of 1963, John Vance, a member of the CIA Inspector General staff, learned about the project's surreptitious administration to unwitting non-voluntary human subjects. Through the MK Ultra directions, he tried to convince the CIA's independent audit board that research should continue. The Inspector General insisted that the agency follow new research ethics guidelines and bring all the programs of non-consenting volunteers to an end. So po- supposedly some places say it was ended in 1963, but then we find out that it was still going, but they supposedly had gotten rid of those elements. But we don't know because in 1973, when they again officially for the second time ended Project MK Ultra, they burned all these boxes. I just have one question for the CIA. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always
1: lying?
0: <laughs> yeah, but...
1: Uh, <laughs> I am sure that someone as... as Evil enough to do these things would totally just let it go, give it up, end it.
0: Yeah, totally. Let it, let it pass. Totally. Well, th- there's. Yeah, I mean, there was a there was an interview with a CIA veteran who said something similar. In 1977, a fourteen year fourteen uh, year CIA veteran, Victor Man-t- Man Marchetti uh, said the CIA's claim Project MK Ultra had been abandoned was a cover story, and that experiments likely continue. According to Marchetti, a reallocation of the budget and a new acronym could likely extend the program's life into the future indefinitely. So, do I believe that MK Ultra ended in '63 and in '73, <laughs> and definitely is not still going on? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't buy, I don't buy that. I think I think maybe yeah. they changed the way they do things as far as LSD and whatever, but do so I think they at least continued it for another decade or so? Likely still going on. I I would I would bet there's parts of MKUltra still happening.
1: And you know you know that if it didn't work, if it never worked, then yeah, maybe they shut it down because it didn't work. Not if because of the work,
0: gross human rights violations. Right, yeah.
1: Right. If it did work, no way. They just let that tech go. Well,
0: and that's the thing, too, is that you have to question, like, I'm sure the motive for destroying the documents was they didn't want to go to prison. But was some of the motives, because they did find things and they didn't want the public to know about it, because this was all getting exposed at the time.
1: Right. And how yeah. do we know they didn't just digitize all of it before they burned it?
0: Well, was it too early. 1977, I don't think they were digitizing
1: Mm, Or 1973, I mean. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, a a computer back at that time was like the size of a warehouse, and it could do two plus two equals four. (laughs) Like, that was its its, uh, computational output. Yeah. So... (laughs) but uh, yeah, so we're going to be continuing our talk on MK ultra and if the government is using brainwashed celebrities to control the culture, but for that, you guys have to come over to rumble. So uh, again, I'll drop that link in the comments for anybody here. If you guys are listening to this later, please come follow us at rumble and uh, we will. uh, Yeah, we're cause that's the plan. We're always going to be able to go over there and say the stuff that we can't say on YouTube. So do you have anything else for, for people watching and listening?
1: Uh, Thank you for being here. If you have to head out now, thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to like and subscribe while you're still here on whatever platform you're here on. And uh, we'll be here next week.
0: Yeah. So this does stream out to YouTube Odyssey. It goes out on everywhere. You can listen to podcasts. Uh, Some of them will take a little bit longer than others to get there because this is our first episode. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back next Wednesday at 7.03 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You guys want to you want to give them a a tease of what we're going to be talking about or we want to keep that under the lid?
1: Well, there's a certain day happening on Sunday, and there are certain conspiracies surrounding that day. So we're going to have a special episode coming out on Sunday just to honor the day, and then we're going to get into some of the conspiracies respectfully. Respectfully.
0: Yeah. So next Wednesday. Yeah. So no, if you have no idea what you're talking about, just uh, three towers, two planes. We'll be talking about that next. Come over to Rumble, and we'll continue this conversation there, guys. Thank you so much.